Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, July 22nd, 2023, and this is day 1949 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you so, so much. Thank you, Lord, for being our Abba Father. Thank you for giving us your breath of life so that we can go forth and fulfill every single purpose you've given us for this day. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will help us to be good stewards of what you've blessed us with. Now, my Lord, I ask that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is don't take it for granted. So often we can have something so wonderful and we may not realize it until it's gone. And God is telling us, hey, let's not take that for granted. So many things in our own lives. (laughs) The older I get, the more I I can appreciate good health. You know, (laughs) I mean, my husband, I was just talking about this the other day. It's like, you know, when we're in our 30s and 40s, we could just do all kind of things, twist and turn. Nothing would bother you. Now you just, as we are now in our 60s, you make a right turn and all of a sudden something on the left side might start hurting or on the make a right turn and something on the other side may start hurting out of nowhere. It's like, where'd that come from? So... (laughs) Don't take anything for granted. God has blessed us with so much. We're coming out of Genesis chapter 25, verses 19 through 34. Genesis 25, 19 through 34. And it says, this is the account of the family line of Abraham's son, Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, from Padan, Padan, Padan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer and his wife, Rebekah, became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come was red. <laughs> the first to come out was red. And his whole body was like a hairy garment. Can you imagine that? Your baby pops out and he's red and he's, you know, a red hair probably more so and really hairy. So they named him Esau. After his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, 
So he was named Jacob, which also meant deceiver. So he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. So, hey, let's not despise having a child in our uh, older age either. We see that it happened here. And also, Isaac's wife gave birth. Uh, I should say Abraham's wife uh, gave birth to Isaac when she was 99, I believe. And, and I believe Abraham was 100. So, hey, God can do anything. <laughs> let's not forget that. And so it says, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country. While Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents, Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, that's a little bit of a problem right there, right? You got one parent that loves the other more and, and vice versa. So maybe they both have their favorites, which I think is a very dangerous thing. We should love our children the same. Of course, there may be some things that some do that we don't like, but doesn't mean we don't love them the same. Verse 29 says, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom, which means red. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Now, where did that come from? <laughs> right? He says, look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore on an oath. He swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. So let me just tell you a little bit about the birthright. Uh, a birthright was a special honor given to the firstborn son. It included a double portion of the family inheritance, along with the honor of one day becoming the family's leader. The oldest son could sell his birthright or give it away if he chose. But in doing so, he would lose both material goods and his leadership position. By trading his birthright, Esau showed complete disregard for the spiritual blessings that would have come his way if he had kept it. So that was the beginning of him taking for granted uh, his birthright for food. And sometimes, you know, we might think, wow, that I can't believe he would do such a thing. But sometimes we can be so tempted that that temptation can make us feel like this is the most urgent thing of my life right now. And I'm going to give up whatever I have to just to have this. It's an impulse. Like, I must have this now. You know, I can remember doing that with shopping. Like, I need to have this right now. And it was impulsive at that moment. And 
I didn't think long term, like, hmm, how might this affect things? Hmm, I'm spending money that really needs to be spent on bills. How might that affect my credit rating later? Didn't think long term, just thought at that moment, I need to have what I wanted. Many of us go through things like that in life. Let me get to my point. And, and, and God, God wants us to trust him and to be patient and hear his voice. Listen, point number one, have you ever had something and didn't realize how precious it was to you until you lost it? It could be our health, relationships, careers, and even our God-given gifts. When we were kids, my little sister's love playing with their Barbie dolls. I love playing with Barbie dolls too. I I played with them for a long time. I was like a teenager still with my Barbie dolls. One day, my little brother, who was uh, quite mischievous at the time, he is now a, a caring, loving adult father of six children and close to 20 grandchildren and a great father and husband. But as a kid, he was something else. <laughs> he was teasing my sisters about their dolls. And before we knew it, he had thrown their dolls onto the neighbor's roof. We certainly do silly things and even mean things to others as kids. But this same mindset of taking things for granted can carry over into our adult life as well. Not appreciating what we have especially our God-given gifts. Point number two, as we can see, Esau despised his birthright. The lasting benefits of his birthright for the immediate pleasure of food. He acted on impulse, as I was saying earlier, satisfying his immediate desires without pausing to consider the long-range consequences or of what he was about to do. We too can fall into the same trap when we allow temptation to determine our decision making today, right at that moment. You know, you you may, it could get even more serious, like um, a relationship, your marriage. You may see someone and decide, I want to be with them or have conversations and, and feel like they they get me, they understand me better. And that impulsive action And that, based upon the temptation, can lead into devastation. So we need to really take it seriously and do what God would have us to do. Not falling into the pressure of the moment. Uh, The pressure of the moment actually distorted Esau's um, perspective and made his decision seem urgent. We often experience similar pressures And the example I gave you uh, about our marriage vow may seem unimportant at the moment. We might feel such great pressure in one area that nothing else seems to matter and we lose our perspective. Getting through that short pressure-filled moment is often the most difficult part of overcoming temptation. And that temptation can lead, as I said, to actually even separating us from God. Because when we're tempted to do something against the will of God, then now we are saying, God, you don't matter. 
what matters most is my own desires. So that's now leading to selfishness and literally putting ourselves before God. And God is saying, no, no, no. This is how I would have you do it, but he doesn't force us to do it. He gives us a choice to obey him or disobey. And listen, God loves us even when we're doing wrong, but we're still going to suffer the consequences of doing wrong or doing good. And the long-term effects of disobedience to God leads to hell for eternity. Being obedient to God leads to being with the Lord for eternity. So it is extremely serious. Uh, and we might kind of like I was sharing the story with my my little brother doing what he did. It's a little comical. But if we continue taking things of God for granted uh, as we are in our adult life, now we know better. We should know better. We are now at an age of accountability uh, most say at the age of 12, when Jesus uh, turned 12 and began teaching in the synagogues. But we must understand the importance of taking a breath, stepping back and asking God, is this what you would have me to do? And then waiting to hear what God has for you to do. I'll never forget when I started teaching in the church and teaching little kids. I started off with the little kids and I've shared this story with y'all, but is quite fitting for today. <laughs> and I was teaching the little kids and I didn't realize, you know, that I had a gift to teach uh, until our pastor put me in that position. And uh, I <laughs> I would roll on the floor and be the big old fish and, jo- you know, the swallowed up Jonah and the kids loved it. And it was little kids like five, six, seven. And then later I start working with teenagers and I remember uh, my, our youth, uh, well, our assistant pastor was over uh, the uh, youth. And so he took me under his wing and teaching me how to, you know, hone in on the gift of teaching. Uh, and I guess he must have seen that I had that. I didn't realize that I did. I didn't think much of it, actually. I really didn't. Um, and so... Um, I remember when he let me have it, he moved on. He's like, you got this. And after, you know, maybe about a year of shadowing and learning, I really started trying to teach like him. And I didn't take my style that God had given me or the way he had given me to do it. It's still teaching the word of God, but in my own way, the way God had given it to me to do, I was trying to be more like my past assistant pastor style. And God said, that's not how I (laughs) equipped you to do this. And so it was like me taking for granted uh, the way God would have me to do it, you know, and, but I was looking up to someone else and trying to mimic their style and be like them. And God said, no, I want you to be like who I called you to be. And when I finally got that, it changed my life. Uh, It helped me to understand that we are all different, you know, and we hear this all the time and say it, but literally understanding that and appreciating others for their way of delivering. There was a, a gentleman that preached Sunday. He preached for like maybe 15 minutes. Whereas others might preach for an hour, 
but he still got the point across. And he said he realized and recognized that that's the way he teaches and preaches. And it was still good, but he knew his gifts and he knew how God used him. What is God showing you about yourself that maybe it's been very subtle and you're taking it for granted? Like, I'm not good enough or I can't do this because I'm shy or I don't have what it takes to do this because I don't have a degree or others have said, you know what, you're, you don't, you couldn't, you, you're not good enough to do that or, or you don't, you know, you don't meet up to the standard of that. But God is saying, yes, you do. (laughs) He said, I've given you everything you need to go out and do that. Don't listen to the naysayers. All right. You, you know, I call them haters, but you know, a lot of times they might mean well, but the enemy is working through them to discourage you. So, and, and it could come from those closest to you, actually. Don't stop. Continue doing. Continue loving them, praying for them, but don't let that stop you from doing what God has called you to do. All right? Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory be to God. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, jackiebikesministries.org. J-A-C-K-I-E-B like boy, U-Y-C-K-S ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and human and sex trafficking awareness, along with DIY projects, teaching our youth how to do small household repairs and how to use those tools. Yep, today's our last day with our all-girls DIY, our first girls DIY program, and we're very excited and happy for the results of this class. And we thank you all for your support, for helping us to get this done. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.